Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. I am the founder and host, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp. And with me today is Finch. And here's a bit about Finch. He's on a mission to help men, women, and businesses who have lost hope or reside in a state of uncertainty to get off the fence. Widely known as Mr. Get Your Ass Off the Fence because he clears the fence so you can scale or climb over life's hurdles regarding your mindset, relationships, finances, and life. Finch believes everyone has a purpose, and the journey to discovering and fulfilling that purpose can be one that that places people in a state of uncertainty, but if they pinpoint their fear, mute their mind, attack their uncertainty, and rehabilitate their confidence, recast their vision, design their direction, and master their procrastination, it will propel them into the purpose they were meant to achieve and the life they were destined to live. And who doesn't want that? He also... He also hosts the widely successful podcast Off the Fence with Finch, which was named the top 200 podcast list by Apple Podcasts and can be heard globally, y'all. So definitely you are talking to somebody with experience in the game. And today we're going to look at self-development, personal growth, and overcoming those obstacles so he can help you get your ass off the fence. So without (laughs) further ado, welcome, Finch. Oh, my goodness. That was good. (laughs) I'm like, is she talking about me? (laughs) Oh, so Finch, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you. (laughs) So before we go into your subject matter expertise, we're going to have an icebreaker And I want you to share a fun and interesting fact about yourself. Ooh, fun and interesting fact about myself? Ah, uh, (laughs) I think this is both fun and interesting. Uh, On a trip out of the country, I was kidnapped and ransomed for shoes. That's something a lot of people don't know about me. Seriously? Okay, this is interesting. So what country were you ransoming and what type of shoes did you have on that they want? Oh, that's, that's another great question. I was in Lima, Peru, and they didn't want my shoes. They wanted shoes. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so uh, it's a crazy story, right? So I'm on this trip. I'm on this trip, and I'm producing this uh, this documentary about the people in this village. And I was brought in by uh, an organization called Samaritan's Feet. If you guys have never heard of them, they are widely known every year, um, I think around uh, November or no, March, because it's for March Madness, uh, for college basketball and the NBA, you'll see the coaches coach with no shoes on. That's a part of that program because Samaritan's Feet uh, places shoes on, I guess they call people who are less than, who are less fortunate, right? And so we went on this trip to uh, Lima, Peru, 
And the whole goal was to put shoes on as many people's feet as we could. Now, the crazy part about the story I'm about to tell about me getting kidnapped was we went into this village and on the way up, our, our handlers are telling us about the do's and the don'ts. And one of the first things they say is don't go into anyone's house alone because we're Americans, right? And we went into this very poor village. And one of the things that we knew that the villagers did not know was we only had so many pair of shoes because they were not the only stop on this excursion. And so I saw this, this uh, older woman came to the door and these houses were like shacks. Like you think something out of a movie and uh, she summoned me to come and I'm, I have a camera in my hand cause I'm filming everything. And my first mind was like, Oh wow. Let me go see what she has to say. So she, she's talking in her native language. I don't understand, but I'm just filming because I'm like, this is good footage. And she summons, she's like, <laughs> it's almost like the cup on, uh, what's that movie with the, uh, that Keenan and uh, the Peel? What's that movie called uh, with a black guy? Daniel Koo, whatever his name is. He, the lady, totally white lady had the cup. Like... What's the name of that movie? I have no idea. So the white lady had a cup and she used to hypnotize the black brothers with the cup. I can't think of the name of it. Get out. The movie called Get Out. Remember Get Out. Okay. So so she's summoning me like Get Out. And she's saying, come and come. Come closer. Come closer. And I'm walking closer and closer. And the next thing I know, I'm in the house and the door closes. <laughs> it's like, wow. And so, yeah, um, they uh, they kidnapped me, allegedly. <laughs> for uh they just wanted some shoes and i felt so bad for them because we're going through this little hut house it's like it's probably as big as a one bedroom in most places the, the entire house is big about one bedroom and i look up and i can see the sky they had no roof and i mean again this whole village was poor and so um the second thing they told us was we had to get back this thing was way up like when I say at the top of a mountain, it was so far up, it was ridiculous. And the thing, one of the other things they told us, well, we had to get down by before the sun went down. We probably robbed uh, and kidnapped for ransom because we we're Americans. So that's a fun, fun fact about me. Uh, it wasn't fun at the time, but it's fun and funny now. So thank you. That is an interesting icebreaker that you were kidnapped. <laughs> wore some shoes in Peru. So thank you so much for sharing that, Finch. And um, you have an impressive background. Like I only shared a bit of your bio because I definitely want to connect with you more. Um, so what led you to really doing Off the Fence and why the name behind your uh, podcast? Great question. Um, it was kind of like I did radio for a number of years in Atlanta. I used to have an afternoon drive show and I've been gone from radio for 10, 11 years. And I was really itching. And back in 2018, uh, I had a deal on a table with iHeart and looking to do come back into radio. And I was really going to reboot my old afternoon drive show, but it was kind of antiquated. It was outdated. And so a friend of mine was like, Hey man, you don't like people being in the gray area. You like to get their ass off the fence. I think your show should be called off the fence with Finch. And I was like, money, let's do it. And that's really why I got, how, how the name came about 
And I got started right at the height of the pandemic because we was out of work, <laughs> you know, and I was looking like, well, how can I have meaningful conversations with people during this time period and help them with some things and in areas that they they may, may, may need assistance in. And so I started the podcast and here we are four seasons later. <laughs> um, that's really doing well. So. That's amazing. And congratulations, Ed. I'm so glad that they helped you with the name because had you not been doing the work that you're doing, you wouldn't be led to having off the fence. Um, and some people would not be connecting or just hearing valuable um, subjects from people who are just like them, no matter right. if they live in their same neck of the woods or if they're across the pond. I believe that we all have something amazing to share. And that's why I like that you help people overcome their obstacles, but you bring in that self-development piece and et cetera, because all of that is what helps you overcome your obstacles. So let's start walking through that. But before we go into your subject matter expertise, we need to frame it up because before Finch got to where he is now, Finch had a start ugly moment and you had some struggles that you had to go through in life. So I see the glamour that you're doing now, but you weren't always glamorous. So tell us what your past look like, whether it was your childhood, going to adolescence and adulthood, because your foundation helped shape who you were today right. or helped you reinvent yourself because you didn't want to go down maybe the same route as some people in your families. You wanted to be a different cut. Well, I've always been a different cut. And I think we could we could blame my mother for that. Uh, I, I think it's so so humbly that you think we're glamorous because <laughs> you know um man we we just get up every day and, and do the things we love and i although i grew up in a single parent household um i did not have a i didn't have a strong relationship with my father as a kid um i grew up with me my mother and my two brothers and um my mother framed me to think, start thinking differently, which is why I now help people to uh, mute their minds and rehabilitate their confidence because it, it all starts in our minds. My mother busts me out about an hour and some change from our, we lived in the hood, in the, in the ghetto. Uh, and she, she thought, hey, you know what? I need to make sure that he has a different future than the one that I created for my first child, which is my older, my big brother. And, uh, and so she busts me and my middle brother out to a school in a predominantly white neighborhood. And, you know, a lot of our classmates were celebrities or celebrity kids. And well, some of them became celebrities now, but some of the, a lot of them were celebrity kids, you know? And so we were surrounded by a whole nother, it was almost like night and day, you know, it's like, you know, I, I had a whole different life by day than I had and when I got home and, you know, a lot of my friends in the neighborhood did not understand that mentality because we did not have a project mentality, although we lived in housing, in the housing projects. And, and so when it comes to life and hardships, I really didn't have a lot of hardships because I wasn't privileged to the fact that we didn't have much because of what my mother did. You know, she went out and made sure that we didn't want for nothing. I didn't learn about our struggles until I was an adult later on in life, you know, 
um, looking back on that, that, that life and how we grew up, you know? And so I formed that mindset because my mother was determined to shape uh, me not being regular, uh, not being basic and not really thinking like a lot of the people in my neighborhood thought where, well, housing projects and uh, government assistance were the best they could do. No, she wanted us to dream and, and think beyond what we saw every day. And so she made sure that we were surrounded by a different culture of people like, you know, a lot of my, my, pro, my school had programs like the Academy of Finance, which I was in. Uh, I got a chance to intern in high school with Smith, Barney, Harris, and Upham. I think it's just, it's just called Smith, Barney right now. But one of the top brokerage firms in the country. And, uh, you know, I got a chance to go on trips and see stuff that I normally would not have seen had I went to a school in my neighborhood. And so how I operate and think today is attributed to a lot to what my mother taught me as a kid. Wow. And that's kudos to all the strong Black mothers out there <laughs> who are raising, you know, boys on their own because, you know, um, there's a song that says you can't raise a, you can't raise a man. Um, that's a, you know, that's a popular song. Well, it was. Um and sometimes people fail to realize that the seeds that were deposit, deposited in them at a young age end up becoming withdrawals later on in life when mm -hmm. they're walking into their purpose or calling. But sometimes you take things for granted until you're actually going through life. And we see how, you know, your mom making those sacrifices for you and your other brother to bust y'all an hour to an hour and a half away to give y'all, you know, the opportunity that your older brother wasn't afforded. And that's a part of personal growth and that personal growth that you experience by connecting with people who are different than you um, allowed you to, you know, tap into a creative sense of Finch and, you know, your, your strength, you were strengthening because of that. And now you're, you're actually going back and doing that reci reciprocity and helping other people tap into their own personal growth, their self-development and overcoming those obstacles, because had you not went through it, and seeing a difference between growing up in the projects and not having the same mindset as someone who grew up in the projects, but, you know, being shaped by, you know, the product of your environment that your mom afforded you the opportunity to go into, which do you think you would be the man that you are today? Or would it have taken you a lot longer to get to where you are? That's a great question. Um, a part of me feels like I probably would have never become this man, um, I, pr I probably become, became a version uh, or an abridged version of this man because of some of my, had the same experiences been that way, like throughout life, not, not as a kid, but as I've gotten older, then possibly. But I think in part, all of that is me being who I am now and how I view life and how I view people. Uh, is is due to what my mother instilled in me. My mother was the person who taught me about service. Like my mother taught me about perseverance. She taught me about determination. You know, I saw her go after being uh, in in the political realm, uh, being the president of the tenants association in our community. And we used to go to uh, Washington D.C. and lobby on uh, on on the Hill every year uh, because of what she did. And because of that. 
this is going to be a groundbreaker. My mother was a part of the nucleus of people who it ushered in the government pre-cheese program, which we now know as uh, uh, something else. But it was her. I used to stand on the back of those those big old rigs and hand out uh, free cheese, you know, the government, the big block of cheese that was hard to cut. I don't know if you, you was experiencing that as a, kid, as a kid or not, but, you know, government cheese used to be this big. And it, it was so good, but it was so hard to cut. Um, and my mother was a part of uh, that that drive and that program getting started and being funneled through public housing. And I saw that because she had me on the back of those trucks with her passing out that stuff and passing out the goods and services to our community. And we created a host of programs in those communities that most people have forgotten about because she was determined to see them succeed just like she was us, her children. So, you know, yeah, I, I would not be who I am now without any of that. That is amazing. Your mother was definitely a hidden figure within her own environment. And now I want to kind of dive a little bit deeper into the personal aspect with um, there was three of y'all. So three boys. So your other two brothers, um, what are what are they doing currently? And have you interviewed them on off the fence to help get your ass off the fence? <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, what they are doing now. Ah. Uh, <laughs> you about to get me in trouble. <laughs> okay, so my brothers did not necessarily take hold of the, you know, this is one of those things even in our country where you can be given the same information and do something different because of your life choices. And the choices that my oldest brother and my middle brother have made throughout their lives did not move the, their needle to where it possibly could have gone. Uh, and they had the same mother that I had, you know, we lived all lived in the same house. I just took the information differently and applied it differently in my life. And so the, it allowed me to accomplish and achieve things because I kind of gravitated to the whole recipe of determination, perseverance, patience, um, all those attributes my mother tried to instill in all of us and unfortunately um it didn't take well for my brothers and no i have not had them on off the fence at all uh it's a we i have a uh my production company produces another show called family matters i haven't had them on that show either um but maybe one day we'll see it would be interesting to kind of see how you could kind of step into their their life, even though y'all didn't go down the same path. And, you know, life like life circumstances happen, which is understandable because not everyone is going to come out the same. But just to see how you could take your life from the same opportunities that y'all all were given to kind right. of help them get their ass off the fence and say, Hey, you may not be where you want to be, but I can help you get there. And it's not that I'm judging you, but I care right. so much about you to help you navigate and, you know, step into your highest potential and purpose. And sometimes people are actually, you know, crying out for help internally, but if they are never asked or approached, they may never, you know, come to you because of their pride and their ego. So that's maybe... I don't That's know why true. I felt led to ask you that question, but something, you know, was laid on my heart to ask you that question. So I wanted to impart that um, into you, Finch. That's a great question. And I don't even know if, and, and they could be, it, it just could be a matter of 
me not knowing, me not being aware of them being on the fence about something in their life. And you're right. I could be the person that assists them um, move the needle to where it could have been or, or where they wanted, desired to be. I think sometimes it's not about what we know. It's about us not knowing how to move to where we want to go. And that's a host of people. You know, a lot of people went to school for a number of things, but yet they're still they still haven't gotten where they want to go because we were taught throughout the system. It's go to school. And it was almost like going to school would guarantee you a different type of life. When in fact, that's not the case at all. That's not the recipe at all. And so, yeah, I appreciate you asking that question. And um, probably, yeah, I got an idea just why you was talking. Okay. Awesome. So, and the reason why, um, I did that because it's going to segue into overcoming those obstacles because we're all faced with obstacles in our life, whether they're mentally, physically, emotionally, or even spiritually, because some people go through spiritual warfare where they're battling those good versus evil thoughts. But in order to help overcome those obstacles that we are facing or those inner or outer demons, we have to first do the work inwardly to really to really examine where we are personally. And once we examine where we are personally and who we are and we solidify and know who we are, that's where that personal growth begins to take root and mature. Right. So I hope that me adding that piece helps you condition the question that I previously asked about your brothers. If you pick up what I'm putting down. I pick up what you're putting down. <laughs> Okay, awesome. So um, now I kind of want to ask you, since you've been doing the work that you're doing, because I know you've worked with some Fortune 500 companies, mm -hmm. some as UNICEF, empowering college students to become active ar architects um, of their destiny, the National Urban League, Samaritan's Feet, which you talked about that. That's what mm -hmm. led you to go into Peru. Best Buy, Wells Fargo, Auburn University, Microsoft, American Airlines, and FedEx. By working with some of those um, big companies and well-known names and brands, what is something that you've learned from that? Oh, man. Uh, go after what you want so you don't have to settle for what you can get. And relationships you build today can be the bridges to your destiny tomorrow. Uh, and I say, I say those two things uh, primarily because all those things, all those companies that you, you mentioned now, they came by way of a relationship I had with someone. Um, and at the time, how I got a part of the UNCF uh, Empower Me Tour, uh, it was myself and acclaimed actor Hill Harper. We toured the country uh, talking to college students about how to become active architects of their own destiny. And that came by way of... Uh, uh, a relationship that I had with a film producer who had a relationship with the vice president of Wachovia at the time, which later became Wells Fargo. And because of those relationships, um, we was able to have a conversation about what a win-win relationship would look like, uh, a partnership would look like. And that's the thing that I've, I've tried to teach people in looking for that. I think some, so many times we have this entitlement mentality where we feel like we're owed something and if, if I just get so-and-so to help me and so-and-so to do that, and what I learned at the beginning of that, because that, that UNCF deal was really the, 
the beginning of my brand partnership uh, journey was whenever you're able to create a win-win relationship, you know, I win, they win for being in business with me. I win for being in business with them. And we both can create something memorable. You know, we were the first, me and Hill Harper were the first to do that tour. And they have since gone on to have people like Lamont Rucker, Fonsworth Bentley, Tatiana Ali, you know, let us see the list goes on, you know. And so, you know, when you think about how you cultivate things and what you learn from your journey, it's always to me about you understanding what value you bring to someone or something and understanding what value they bring to you. Because, you know, the old saying, all money ain't good money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes I think we can we can tie ourselves to deals and things and people that are not good. Sounds good at the time, but it's not necessarily good for our overall long-term uh, goals or, or objectives. And I learned back then, it's always going to be about the relationships you create. And at this, even at this juncture with some of the brand deals on the table for me now, uh, I still revert back to the beginning of looking at what this looks like for me and my family, uh, my legacy, and what this will look like for the entity that I'm looking to uh, partner and brand with. Because at the end of the day, if it's not a win-win for both of us, if all I'm going to get is paid a lot of money to do it and they don't, they don't feel satisfied about it, then it's not a, it's not a good um, scenario or a good relationship. So uh, those are two things I learned um, it, along those journeys. And it just got, for me, I just got wiser as I, as I grew and developed. So each one of those deals, um, <laughs> I got a lot wiser on, uh, especially that Microsoft deal. Thank you for sharing that. And as you were talking, it shows your care, your character, because you can't be so money driven and money hungry, hungry that you begin to compromise your morals mm. and your values at the appeasement of a quick buck, because then it's like, are you selling yourself or are you selling your soul to secure the bag? Because right. you're not going to feel good. Sure, um, the money can get you what you want, but it may not necessarily satisfy all of your needs. And the big thing that you said was relationship building. Relationship yep. building is so key because you never know who knows who and yep. how they can mention your name in rooms that you would not be afforded the ability mm -hmm. to walk into and as you were talking about Hill Harper, I was working for this particular Fortune 500 oil and gas company. And I remember he was one of our speakers for the Black Employment mm -hmm. um, Success Team. And he signed the book and he was so down to earth and just, you know, his topic that he think. But so, so many people are like, oh, Hill Harper. And I'm like, <laughs> he's just a human being just like we are. Yeah. But sometimes people um, get starstruck and they fail to realize that that person is just a human like they are. And mm -hmm. We can't put them on a pedal stool, but we can, you know, show them that we do appreciate the work that they're doing in the community, but don't yeah. boost their ego so high where <laughs> their head is about to pop off their neck, you oh, know? Man. Yeah. Uh, it, can I say this two things? Yeah. Real quick? Um, one thing that Hill taught me doing this tour and you're right. Hill is a, is a great guy. Um, I remember one of our stops, he talked to me about, having purpose and he told me you got to surround yourself with people because again you got to think he was already established i was really just getting going and that was really my first major 
uh, deal at that time. I had had some 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 uh, medium sized press up until that point. I had done a few things, but not on that scale. And he taught me a lot about the people you surround yourself with. And I remember him teaching me, like, you have to surround yourself with people who have the same vision for you that you have for yourself. And it was one of those things where I learned so much from him uh, just by watching and, and observing and, and him the same way. Like, you know, there's a lot of things that he learned about me just by observing. And when you talked about getting the bag and, and, and going out the money, George Frazier taught me that a long time ago. Like, I don't know if you know who George Frazier is, but um, George Frazier, good friend of mine. I met him. We were both uh, at a conference in Philadelphia and the organizer came, uh, had reached out to my, my agent at the time and wanted me to ride to the event that day with George Frazier. So they put us in the car together. And when, when I got in the car, he said, Hey, uh, he called me some name, uh, old time Finch or something like that. He said, and it was really just a joke because it was like, like you did earlier, it was an icebreaker because I didn't know him and he didn't know me, you know, and he was famous and I, I was just this guy on the rise. And we, be, we, we grew a friendship. And w- when I was faced with like big deals or opportunities, he was somebody I could call and get advice from. And he taught me a long time ago about money, about chasing money. And he said, never chase money because you, you'll end up pissed off disappointed or upset you know what i'm saying um because i think so especially in this day and age in this day and age with social media it's all about the bag to people so they'll do whatever for the what they call the bag or for the money and not looking at them being a, a chaser of money and i've never been a chaser of money i've turned down opportunities i've i've been passed over for opportunities but i learned that early on in my career and uh, you know so many people are not fortunate to learn that at this stage but um i'm not a chase of money it's got to be the right scenario and it's got to make sense and i don't just look at it it making sense for me uh, i always look at it making sense for the people that i'm doing business with because at the end of the day we both got to be happy or it's going to be one of those things where it's like ah it's not working out and Learning in life, a lot of the mistakes I made back then versus now is, hey, you know what? You want to build long-term relationships with people so that, you know, you can keep, you can bring that residual check in every year, you know, every month or however often that deal is. And thank you for sharing that, um, those wisdom nuggets, because that's what I like to call them. And as we wind down, I'm I'm definitely going to impart this to the listeners and viewers. My dad always told me, um, may you rest in peace. Money is the root of all evil. And if you allow somebody to buy you, then it's like they own you because you're conditioning them you're conditioning yourself to their means of what they want you to do like a puppet on a string and when he said that I didn't understand it until I got you know a little bit older but it is so true because so many people sell themselves out for a quick buck and then you know whenever they're at home they're they're upset but they're not going to voice it because they already went to buy the things that they want but those materials you can't take those with you whenever you close your eyes and you're called home if you believe in the afterlife or whatever the case may be and 
Finch, as we wind down, I want you to leave the listeners and the viewers with your call to action for this segment. Um, we talked about you know, self-development. We talked about personal growth and really overcoming those obstacles to help them get your ass off the fence. Finch. <laughs> you know, in this life that we live, ladies and gentlemen, uh, all the ones in the pews and in the, in the balcony, there are always going to be hurdles on your track and you might be on the first hurdle. You might be on the fourth hurdle. You may even be on the ninth hurdle. If you ever watch track and field, you know, they lay 10 hurdles on the track for the athlete to jump over before getting to the finish line. And I think when you look at it, at your life and whatever hurdle you are on, you got to understand you were created a hurdler. So you have the ability to simply jump over whatever obstacles are on your track. And if you choke your potential before it has an opportunity to become a possibility, you'll never reach your destiny. So you got to get your ass off the fence and go get it. Amazing. And Finch, how can the listeners and viewers connect with you? What's your website? And where do you primarily hang out on social media? Our website is It's Finch. Uh, I-T-S Finch, F-I-N-C-H dot com. Uh, and on social media, it's uh, Twitter, it's It's Finch uh, on Facebook and Instagram is where I hang out. Uh, it's Finch official. So uh, get at me, holler at me and come rapid taste with me. And there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp. Make sure you subscribe and share this segment. We are found on 40 plus platforms. Also follow us over on YouTube for all things video content at GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. And we are looking for brand ambassadors and brand sponsors to continue the mission of GEMS Podcast which is to educate, inspire, and motivate while connecting the dots and bridging the gap between diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, because it takes all of us to bring this world together and really create those synergies. So head on over to genesisamarskemp.net to figure out how you could donate um, and contribute monetary-wise or any other um, ideas that you may have. And don't forget to leave us a review. Until next time, peace love, and lots of blessings. And in the words of Finch, get your ass off the fence. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor so please reach out via email at gems, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.